Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux. Today, I am joined by both Brian Joyner and Matt Collins. And uh, I believe that Brian Joyner has even eaten dinner at this point. So we might get a full podcast out of him this time. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Not only did I I eat dinner, I made it. And I made steak. And it was great. Wow. Damn, I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, That sounds pretty good. You can find these two gentlemen on Twitter. Brian at Brian Joyner and Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. Guys, the Red Sox are 14-2. And And last night, uh, well, I guess two nights ago as you're listening to this, uh, we watched them defeat uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, Are they still called that, by the way? I thought they weren't, but now I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. Because they're still LAA, right? I guess that's Los Angeles Angels. I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Well, anyhow, ridiculous name. Uh, well, they were that. But Shohei Otani, uh, we were all really excited to watch him pitch against the Red Sox. He did really well his first couple starts. So we were looking to see, you know, how he would perform against a really deep Red Sox lineup. And um, he didn't perform all that well. So, guys, what did you see in the Otani start yesterday? He had nothing. His command was just awful. Um, he couldn't locate anything but his fastball. And the Red Sox, I don't know if they – he was tiffing pitches or what, but they knew when he wasn't throwing a fastball and they didn't even – they weren't ever going to swing at anything else. So um, it definitely wasn't the Otani that we saw the, his first couple starts. Um, a lot of people are saying that – he was only good because it was the A's, but I mean, if you watched him in those first two starts and then watched him last night, it was very clear that he just didn't have it. He left with blisters. I don't know how much that was actually to blame. I don't really have any reason to have any conspiracy theories or anything, but he was just way off, and uh, the Red Sox took advantage. I mean, this was the Otani that they were cautioning about in spring training, which at this point was like three weeks ago, but I thought... I'm a little. I I disagree a little bit about the A's not entirely being the culprit, but I do think that natural regression was going to happen no matter what with him. Um, and I thought going into last night that there was a good chance of it. I did not think it was going to be like that. I thought it would be more of a you know standard performance. I mean, that that was like David Price against the Yankees where you can't really gauge much off it. Uh, the only difference being that I know David Price um, has more on a long-term, more stuff on a long-term basis than Otani. But yeah, I mean, it was great for us. Yeah. And since he pitched, he didn't hit. So that's even better. Yeah, and he doesn't hit today, too, day after he pitches. So we, we won't actually see him hit until – Thursday. I don't know. Is he going to play Thursday? Has he been playing against lefties? Because the Red Sox have Rodriguez starting. I don't know if we're going to see him hit at all the series. Huh. I wonder. I wonder if they'll pinch hit him if they don't. Yeah, start. I mean, they could. I don't really know. I haven't really been paying attention to how they use him. So he might still know, start against lefties. He does have I'm an OPS of like 1,100, so they should probably <laughs> just let him hit against everybody. And especially if you only pitched two innings yesterday, like maybe he could pinch hit tonight. I mean, it doesn't seem out of the question. I'm sure that they won't because knowing what little I know about Mike Sosha, he does not seem like a bend the rules type of guy, um, especially when he makes them. 
So uh, if we don't see him hit, that's fine. With I mean, as cool as it would be, A, I will be asleep, and B, I, uh, he's good, so I don't want him to. So I was really amped up for his start, and when I watched it, um, I agree with you that the only pitch that he was able to locate was the fastball. I was actually pretty impressed by the fastball, though, because at the beginning of the game, he was throwing low to mid-90s. Um, and then towards the second inning, uh, during the second inning, I guess I should say, most of his fastballs were in the higher 90s. Uh, so the velocity was impressive, but he definitely was unable to throw really anything. Um, and his splitter, which is supposedly his best pitch, and through the first two games, one of the best pitches in all of baseball, uh, he just could not even get it remotely close to the, to the plate. I mean, he skipped a few of those on the ground. Uh, it just it looked like something was wrong with him. So I'm not sure that I'm ready to say like that this performance is any sort of indication of what Shohei Otani is because I, I think the blister thing that he ended up leaving the game with probably severely affected his ability to throw his off-speed and breaking pitches with any effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, this definitely isn't the Otani I'm expecting the rest of the year for sure the Red Sox kind of got a little bit lucky and they I mean to their credit they took advantage of it too they also took advantage of uh Bard's brother Daniel Bard's brother did <laughs> yeah. you see him pitch last night four four jacks and six earned runs off that guy you know he so, was like one pitch away from getting out of all this I know this because in our in the dynasty league we're all in I have him and he's been good he's um I'm not going to say he's like Bobby Pointer's better, but he's been the same sort of uh, middle reliever who's been really good. He, more more than Otani, no matter what happened to Otani, looked like a guy who's been facing subpar competition and came in and saw what real hitters are like. I mean, it was the first home run, but especially on that Jackie Bradley Jr. home run. Oh, my God. He killed the <laughs> Good yeah. God. Yeah, that ball was eliminated. What about Betts, though? I mean, Betts comes out. He has three home runs in his first game back. Um, that battle with Otani, the first batter of the game, was a pretty epic performance between those two. He was really fighting off a whole ton of pitches and finally got something to hit and did not miss and then hit a couple more later in the game. I love Mookie. But I also love being a contrarian, and I do love right now at this Don't moment. Don't even say what you're gonna say. I, I, I love is, right. No, I'm not gonna like it. Actually, no. You're you're gonna agree. Um, I do like at this moment that people are saying, "Who's better, Trout or Mookie?" <laughs> oh. Enjoy this discussion while you can have it, because Mookie is amazing. He's amazing. Mike Trout is still probably better. He might not be playing better right now. Um, but it also doesn't matter. Uh, Mookie's, I mean, he's playing as well as he ever has, obviously. It's it's hard to do better than uh, three for three with three home runs. Um, so it's been, Jake, I was thinking about today about how we were talking about you thought it was inconceivable that Mookie could have a, or that Benny could have a better se- season than Mookie, and I mean I would say that even you weren't expecting what's happened, but it did make me see your what's happened so far has made me see your side a little bit, especially <laughs> as Benny keeps getting days off as like uh, a kid might. Um, 
uh, you know, Mookie's going to be, he's gotten days off too, but uh, mostly due to injury. Uh, he's just, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. And you're right. At first at bat, uh, when he crawled back to three, two, it was just like, even before he hit the home run, you're like, this is, this is, this is great. This is really something good. Yeah. He's just one of those hitters that when you see him start getting into a battle like that with a pitcher, the longer it goes on, the more solidly you feel that he's going to win that battle eventually. And it just seemed like he was just really determined during that at bat. And very few people could fight off all those pitches the way that Mookie did. So I was encouraged. I mean, I was a little bit worried um, with his, what was it, a leg contusion that he had? The foot, right? Foot foot contusion. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. So, I mean, I wasn't sure. Hitters derive a lot of power from their legs, so I was, I was a little bit concerned about that. But clearly all of those concerns have been cast aside, and yeah, Mookie is the shit, and... Um, Best hitter in baseball right now. He is, he is. And, you know, I I couldn't keep my eyes off him last night. I'm so mad at Holt for grounding into that double play. I don't know, you guys are probably asleep, but Holt grounded into a double play in the last inning right before Mookie had a chance to hit his fourth home run. And I'm very upset about that. You can't give Holt any crap, though, because Holt (laughs) did get a hit off of Otani yesterday. I can do whatever I want, Jake. I don't. Come on, man. Let Holt have this day. No, I really wanted – I stayed up way past my bedtime. I at least wanted to see four home runs, and I got robbed. The team hit six, and you're still not – Hold on, hold on. I at least wanted to see four home runs. <laughs> <laughs> so they snap a nine-game win streak only to start another win streak that's now at five games right now. Um, run differential for the Red Sox. Anybody want to take a guess what it is? 51. 51. Wow. Guys, you're well-educated on the Red Sox. So, yes, they have a plus 51 run differential, best in baseball. Um, Do you want to take a guess who's number two and three in that category? Is Anaheim two or three? Another one. Matt just tweeted this, so go ahead, Matt. I I tweeted this, like, first thing in the morning, didn't I? Oh, it showed up in my – I know it's the Angels. Blue Jays, maybe? Yes. Isn't that weird? The Blue Jays have a plus 38. Blue Jays are pretty good. Well, and if you tweeted that early in the morning, they beat Kansas City by 10 today. So you can add 10 onto that. They're still behind, but yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. The Blue Jays look way better than we thought they were going to. The Los Angeles Angels look a lot better. It's pretty conceivable that this Los Angeles Angels matchup that we're seeing with the Red Sox could be a playoff preview at this point. It seems like they have a pretty good club, and I really like what they did with their, their infield defense. We, you know, we were all excited when that happened, and Cosart got put there with Angelton Simmons and Ian Kinsler, but man, it, it really is a pretty special defensive club. Yeah, and uh, Maldonado, Catcher, and Trout, and Calhoun and Upton in the outfield, they're, they're good. The, uh, the rotation health is the big question and it's why i mean i don't think there's any way you can pick them to win the division but i had them as a wild card before the season and nothing's changed in that kinsler kinsler being on the angels is like just perfect to me he's just this i've never liked him really just the way he plays seems you don't like perfect. the angels a lot of people don't like I the don't, angels i don't I, get it i i don't hate them i've i've been to the stadium 
I will say, out of all the stages I've been to, that was the one where people have like the most gear relative to like how excited they were. Like you go to a Red Sox game, everyone has gear, right? But you went to this game, everyone had gear, and they weren't interested in the game, but everyone was still wearing Angel stuff. Yeah, Sorry, that... they they live in Southern California. They have better things to be excited about than baseball. I don't blame them. When you go to Baltimore, interestingly enough, everybody's also in Red Sox gear. Yes. Good. Yes, Jake. Yes, yes. I was very quickly, I was the first time I ever went to Red Sox Orioles at Camden. It was like 2006. And I was getting a beer, and there's a huge cheer from the crowd. And I was like, oh, man, what happened? And what happened was Kevin Millar had hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's typical. I hope you got a natty bow. What? I don't know what that is. <laughs> a national bohemian. The, the the official beer of the ba- the Baltimore Orioles. Um. Of course, no, Brian. Of course. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. Well, then it sounds like you had a few. I was, I was like, I'm old, Jake. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, all right, so tonight we have Rick Porcello going versus Tyler Skaggs in the Angels series. Um, Porcello has been amazing so far this year. What have you guys noticed that make him? Closer to the version that he was in 2016 than what we saw from him in 2017. Because so far, he's been incredible to watch. His commands have been awesome. Uh, he looks like a completely different pitcher than the guy we saw last year. Well, I want to – this goes back to something I heard on the Yankees broadcast, which is strange, that um, Porcello, after he – the way from the way they told it, Porcello, after he won the Cy Young Award, was like, huh. I better change my approach to go after to, to counter the launch angle thing before it bites me in the ass. And what he did instead was change his approach to play into the launch angle revolution and thus give up more home runs looking at it right now than he ever gave up in his career by a lot. Um, he gave up 1.68 last year and he also walked more than two batters per nine, which he has never done. I guess he did it in 2013, but uh, he, whatever he was doing before he he's actually. So last year, one thing he did, uh, he threw. Let, let me go down here because there are, there are distinct changes in the pitches he, he threw. Um, he stopped he threw his fastball a lot more last year and has hit just the straight fastball. Uh, and like the four seam variety, 29% of the time up from 21 in the Cy Young season. Now he's down to 12 and the sinker, which apparently he thought Rick Porcello thinking his sinker was something to go away from again. I don't know why he would think that because that's his signature pitch last year. He threw it 30%, which is by far the lowest amount he ever threw it in his career. Now he's back up to 41, which is just about average. Um, he's throwing a lot more change-ups uh, from 8 to 17 and a lot fewer cutters. I would say the outside of fastballs, the thing he's not throwing is cutters the most. But I think that the, the main difference is 
just continuing to throw the sinker uh, as he's gotten older and become just a more natural strikeout pitcher and a better all-around pitcher doesn't mean to move away from the sinker. So I think he's gone back to that through a few of the four-seamers that he's gotten killed on, and as a result, he's been great. Yeah, I mean, it's the um, it's the ground balls that stand out to me. Um, he hasn't really been a ground ball pitcher since he was with the Tigers. Um, even in that Cy Young year, he only had a 44% ground ball rate. So he's up to 54% right now, and I think it's pretty clear that he went too far to the other extreme last year, and I think he's going to start giving him more fly balls as the year goes on and try and get into that like high 40s range um, so he can keep up with the strikeouts and the ground balls. But um, he definitely, like Brian was saying, he got a little too fancy trying to counteract the launch angle stuff last year, and it just seems like he's getting back to basics this year. Yeah, I like to see more of the sinkers being thrown. And also the control has been impeccable this year. I mean, he's always had good control. He's a guy that in 2016 walked, you know, just a little, little over one guy per nine uh, in the 2016 year. Uh, and right now he's walking less than half of a guy per inning uh, or per nine, I should say. Uh, yeah, and he was over two last year. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's and, crazy. That's... and he hasn't given up a homer. Right, and, um, and over just over two is still a great mark, which which speaks to his control. But I, I think what's so underrated about this guy is that he's able to spot pitches, and he's super freaking durable, man. Like this, this guy. Think, what what did they sign him to? A five four year, eighty two million dollar contract, which runs out in twenty nineteen. Uh, he's been worth every penny of that. That's been an amazing deal for these guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was super wrong about that deal. Yeah. I, I think at the time it happened, I was like, yeah, you get – actually, I'm sure. I, I What I wrote was like, yeah, if you can get a pitcher like this – because the, the economics were totally different at the time. I was like, oh, sure, if you pay – you're just paying average rate for a pitcher. You need to fill innings. And then after the first inning, it looked like there was no way he could pay off the contract. And then after – or the season. And then after the second season, he might – gone pretty much all the way or you've gone a long way to doing it now last year wasn't great but if this year is good and it sure looks like it's going to be yeah uh he's he's really he's great to watch when he's not getting taken deep every other inning um it's a hot take yeah it's it's a real hot take it's johnny gomes like by the way, I got Chad Finn. If you're listening, Chad Finn, Chad Finn got on me. I thought Johnny Gomes was fine. He's I all know right. that he, he's all right. Someone else on Twitter said, you know, you're just saying he's good because he's not Steve Lyons. And I said, yes. Well, that, I mean, that helps. Exactly. I, I am doing that. Not being um, Steve Lyons is always a plus. I, I mean, I'm sorry for this aside also, but when people say, oh, Johnny Gomes says like, oh, if you score more runs, you win. It's like. Okay, yeah, you can get mad at that sort of cliche stuff, but like you must never watch the NFL for 30 seconds. Like <laughs> you you have to swallow a little of it. I thought Gomes had some really good pitch recognition stuff with regard to Otani last night, but that's enough about Johnny Gomes uh for now. Well, I think I think Gomes would be good if he got like a full season to like get a chance to get used to it. But I don't really have any interest in like watching that full season. No, uh, Johnny Gomes was pretty bad last night, in my opinion. I mean, I 
I feel like he could do it for like <laughs> the Rays, for instant. Give me yeah. an egg. Well, yeah, I don't think Gomes is uh, like as good as Remy or Eck, but I mean, when they were rotating through like all those randos last year, I thought Gomes might have been the best. Interesting, interesting take. I don't know if I would agree with that one hundred percent, but I don't hate it. I mean, oh, Gomes is fine. I guess I can live with that. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to this Porcello pitch mix though, because I do think it's really interesting that he's upped his usage of the changeup this year. Um, which is something we hadn't really seen from him in the past. Um, fastball usage, um, you know, Brian, you already talked about that, but he also got away from the curveball, which is a pitch that he had historically thrown a decent amount. He's only throwing that about 7% of the time this year, and he's upped his slider usage. It does seem like the slider is a slightly easier pitch to be effective with in the big leagues. Uh, and especially for somebody with the type of fastball command that Rick Porcello has, I think that's probably a wise choice. What do you guys think? First it's of all, funny. I was ahead. just reading something. Stephen Matz uh, ditched his slider because he said throwing a slider too much causes him to start yanking his fastball and uh, losing his curveball command. So it's not necessarily true for everybody that the slider is the better option i think it might uh, uh, i think for lefties uh i would expect the curveball to be a better option relative uh than to righties right because it doesn't um, break in and at the same time i mean it seems to me with curveballs more and more like the slider the, the curveball is the historical pitch but the slider is the basic like curving pitch at this point and the curveball is it's not a knuckleball obviously but like the rich hell types are indicative indicative of a universe where if you are so good at the curveball just throw that over and over and if you're not so good at it maybe you want to throw a slider yeah there definitely seems to be a league-wide trend with getting away from the curveball. And I think that people are doing that at lower levels of baseball too. Like, you know, I have a younger brother who plays in high school and he's going to go on to play in college next year. And it seems like a lot of people just at his level are starting to get away from that pitch as well, because few people can really throw a curveball effectively. And it seems like big leaguers are realizing, Hey, this pitch doesn't really work all that well, unless we have sort of that Kershaw level curveball. I don't know. I think there's still a lot of. I thought I read somebody something last year about curveballs coming back, but I can't find it. But I mean, McCullers is like the guy I think of. You throw well, like 30 straight curveballs or something. Right. I feel like the people who are good at it are gonna throw it all the time, and the people who are less good at it are probably better off with a slider. That's just that's what I'm saying. That's what I've sort of noticed. I would agree with that. Good curveballs are better than ever, but if they're not good, uh, they're not better than ever. So we should still let Matt Barnes throw his, right? Uh, yeah. Sorry, somebody just accused me of being Lou Merloni on Twitter, so <laughs> I'm a little distracted right now. Uh, well, uh, that doesn't happen every day. Um, do you guys want to get to some of these listener questions? Because we got a ton of them today. Let's do yeah. it. 
Let's right. also just acknowledge that we know how tired Matt is. Yes. <laughs> up for the games. He's he's a he's a trooper today. Yes, this I West Coast trip is now. yeah, it's 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 killing Matt. So thank you, Matt, for for being here with us. Um, Ian McDonald asks our first question. He says, "How many guys do you think will hit 25 homers this year? J.D. Martinez and Mookie for sure. Uh, also Hanley, Devers and Benny should too. Um, what about?" Xander and Jackie. What do you think? I don't think Benny will at this point. Um, he doesn't have any. Uh, and it's not that it's not that he couldn't. I would just say the odds are probably against it. Uh, so I would say definitely JD and Mookie, barring injuries, definitely those two guys. I want to say Hanley, and he's been great. But you, you have to say it, don't. Don't say but. What the fuck are you doing, Brian? I'm saying but. I'm saying but. Don't say but. I'm I mean, I think a family to... podcast. Don't say but. Oh, they, I mean, he's – okay. He said he's going to do 30-30, so he has to hit 25 to hit 30. So, okay. Um, definitely Henley. And Devers seems like a good choice. I, I probably wouldn't pick anyone but those guys. Uh, I I think it's going to be Betts, J.D., Hanley. Devers and Xander. I think that when Xander gets back, I saw enough of his changed approach that I think he's going to do that as well. Um, I'll bet you a dollar on that. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, one, two, three, I don't think four. Devers is going to do it. Really? So, do you think Bogarts will do it? I had Bogarts when I first thought of it, and now I'm kind of talking myself out of it. See, um, I don't know how... I, I feel like Devers is a much better choice just because... Devers I'm just is. gonna go through a lot of like peaks and valleys, and I think at the end of the year we're gonna be pretty happy. But I don't know if he's gonna get to 25. It certainly wouldn't surprise me. But I just think that like Xander could get hot and not hit a lot of home runs, um, just because of how he hits. If Devers gets hot, he's hitting home runs. But that's, we don't really that's... know how he hits at this point, right? Because that could have changed. Devers? No. Xander. Xander. Like we can't yeah, say. That's, like, well, that's where I'm running into an issue. I don't know. Like he was obviously amazing, and that's the only data points we have this year. But it's also, I mean, I don't know if I can totally buy into that. Like, yeah, we really also crazy. have years of watching him play. Like, yeah, maybe there is a chance that he's going to just start popping them at a much higher rate. And I'm not talking about a high rate. I'm talking about a much higher rate. Um, and given that he's also injured he probably needs to have a much higher rate combined with the injury to hit 25 this year um i would be surprised i would be very happy but i would be surprised if he did it do you guys know who leads the red sox in at bats so far this year um eduardo nunez rafael devers that is one reason why Devers is going to hit 25. The guy just plays all the time. Played 15 games so far this year, 61 ABs already. Um, I think he's going to get enough opportunity, and I've liked what I've seen from him so far. I don't know if that's going to keep happening when Pedroia gets back, though, because then Nunez is going to be there to play third base, and if Devers starts getting into slumps, then I think we're going to see him getting more days off. Hmm. Hey, how are we doing on that J.D. Martinez playing the outfield Um that proposition we had earlier in the season. I don't remember what we said. I said you said over or under 35 games. I said over and you laughed at me. I, I laughed at you? Laughed at me. Well, 
I don't remember I re- laughing I at you, but you're definitely going to be right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that That's why I brought it up. Anyhow, yeah, I'm with you, Jake. Uh, but I think that he – I'm not saying Devers is going to hit like 35. I think right around 25 is where we're looking, right? Well, yeah. then you can't argue with me too much if you think he's going to be right around 25. I, Jeez. I, you, first of all, as you said earlier, you can't tell me what to do. Just to, <laughs> I think he's going to hit 30. I think Devers is going to hit 30 this year, just based on playing time. I actually don't think that Nunez is going to take away from playing time. If anything, when Pedroia comes back, I see Pedroia sitting more days um, for Nunez than Devers will. Well, I would bet you a dollar, but I'm poor. I don't well, I, I agree. I agree with you on that, Jake, but I do think that what we've seen from Cora indicates that everyone yeah, going to get their days off. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, against a lefty, I think you'll and see. I, and uh, as to as for like Benny's day off tonight, and he's had a bunch of them. I also think that the reason that he's not hesitant to do it is that Mitch Moreland has been tearing the cover off the ball when he plays. So uh, you want to keep those guys sharp. This is something. It's a little bit of a side discussion, and we talk about, don't talk about, but it's like even at the short-term expense of a few points of OPS getting other people keeping the bench players involved uh, might help you over the course of a long season. So we will see, but that for that reason, I wouldn't be surprised if Dever sat a little bit when Pedroia comes back, but I'm with Matt probably that it wouldn't be too much because Pedroia is definitely going to be eased in. Um, you would be with me in that regard. <laughs> Not with no, Matt. I'm never with you, so I can't be with you. All right, well, uh, New England fan, 1981, has our next question. He says, what do the Sox have planned for Swihart once Pedroia comes back? I assume it's not realistic to think he could be the backup catcher and take Leon's place. Do they keep Swihart and let go of Holt? What do you guys think happens when Pedroia and Xander are both back in the lineup? Who is it that gets bumped? You tell us. It's Blake Swihart. This is your department. Um, I don't think Blake gets bumped. Uh, if anything, despite his uh, decent game yesterday, I, I do believe that it's going to be Brock Holt who ultimately gets bumped off of this team. I think Su Wei Lin is too good of a defender and has been pretty adept at the plate. I think that he's just going to prove himself to be a little bit more valuable to the team. And I know that he does have a couple of options left, so he would be the easiest guy to send down. They could potentially keep that depth with Holt. But well, I think Holt has an option too. Holt has an option too, but he's got a lot of major league service time, so doesn't he still have to pass through waivers? No, I think he can be optioned. He can be optioned? I I'm just... not 100%, but I'm 90%. Okay. I'm not sure. I, I, I think we should probably check that, but um, I don't know. I, my gut feel is that Cora probably likes Lynn a little bit better. My gut feels the exact opposite for what it's worth. I don't see any indication that uh, – or evidence that they like Lynn more than Holt. Well, so isn't the question what happens when Pedroia and Bogarts gets back? Right. Because they get to bump two people. So if they keep Lynn and get rid of Holt, they still have to get rid of somebody else. So would that be Swihart or would it be Lynn? It'd probably, that's be, probably be Lynn, right? I don't know. I just I think it comes down I have no to, idea what to think of the Swihart. I think stuff. Lynn is gone, and I think it comes down to Holt or Swihart, and I think Swihart's gone. 
I mean, I know that Holt has an option, right? Right. Yeah. Holt well, I don't think have options. I don't think there's any way that they. Well, I guess actually, never mind. I don't mean I was gonna say, I don't gone think... like they cut him, but like they might find him. The Trio. Mets could sure use him right now. Why do we think Leon is so safe? I mean, couldn't couldn't Leon be because traded he's playing. for something? I think it's. I don't want to say it's obvious, but it's it's kind of obvious that they don't really have any faith in Swihart as a catcher, or else he would have caught by now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I feel I don't like know it, what's going on with Swihart. I hate this. I hate this whole Swihart thing. I just wish they'd let the guy freaking play. He belongs on the Mets. Put him on the Mets. I mean, what could you get from the Mets? Like, what are they going to give up for Swihart at this point? Conforto. (laughs) I mean, would they give up a decent middle reliever for him? Probably not, right? It's even on their roster. I don't even know. I don't know. Swihart has no trade value right now. What about, about like, a, a guy like Seth Lugo? Seth Lugo for Blake Swihart. I, I wouldn't. I, I, you know, you say he has no trade value, Matt, but the Mets just lost both their catchers. They need somebody who can catch. Just who's uh, a who body? Who's a body? Are now, Blake Swihart. Are we sure Blake Swihart can catch? He can kind of do that. Um, he can kind of do that. So, uh, yeah, oh, I agree so with smart. you that like there's, there's no real insight to be had because he's just the piece that doesn't fit with everything else yeah i don't want to say anything too confidently about swihart because i i don't have any idea on anything to do with blake swihart at this point yeah it's super confusing um i hope it works out for the guy but you know that's probably enough swihart talk for now uh kenneth roberts (laughs) asks our next question i don't think i i didn't think i would ever hear you say that (laughs) no that was weird um I'm just trying to avoid a painful topic, Matt. Um, Cora is clearly limiting starter innings, uh, which I like, by the way. Um, what will be the following effect on bullpen rolls? Will the Sox try and carry more long arms a la Johnson Velasquez through the season as they reclaim starters from injury? Pomerantz and Wright. Um, how do you guys think this whole thing shakes out with the bullpen and the rotation um, as Pomerantz and Wright make their way back to health? Pomerantz is going to be back fairly soon it seems right. like so uh yeah what happens so when pomerantz gets back it's walden goes down i don't think there's any doubt about that i agree with that um and then wright's not gonna be back for a while he's making a rehab start on friday but then i mean once he's activated he's suspended right so that's gonna be 15 more games which is like two three weeks that's i mean you're you're talking pretty much all-star break by the time Wright can realistically be back well i don't know about that if he's making a rehab start on friday they could conceivably activate him after that do you think they will though i i wouldn't be surprised they left him in minors for a little while well they would have 20 days in the minors or 30 days because he's a pitcher Mm -hmm. and then it would be 15 i don't know i don't think he's gonna get a ton of rehab because he gets Fuck, I don't want to sound like an idiot. He gets a few... He gets, like, one or two rehab starts at the end of a suspension. I think one. Mm-hmm. Like, his last five days of a suspension, he can go to the minors. So, I bet he gets one or two rehab starts and then takes the 15 days and he's back by the end of May. 
but I don't really want to project the rest roster at that point because I don't know what's going to happen. Pitchers get hurt too often. But I will say I just wrote about the long arms, and I think they're going to do that all year. I don't think. I was going to say, sense. who do you think? Who would you rather have, Hector Velasquez or Stephen Wright? Uh, I would rather have Hector Velasquez. I, I think agree. Stephen Wright. Um, but I mean, I think the point is, I think they're going to keep these some sort of long arms all year um, between Johnson, Velasquez, Wright, Walden, Hembry throws two innings at a time. They have Rowanis Elias, who has been good in AAA. Uh, Chandler Shepard and Jalen Beeks could conceivably come up and throw a few innings at a time. So I think Core is going to keep resting his starters as long as he possibly can. And the only way that's sustainable is by having these longer levers. So we might see some sort of rotation with them. I, I love this idea that Cora has taken from the Astros. It seems like the Astros did this a lot last year on their way to a World Series. They had guys like Chris Devensky who could come in and throw multiple innings. Um, they have that this year with a guy like Colin McHugh. And um, I think it's a really I mean, smart not, idea. To be fair, the Red Sox did it with David Price last year. Sure, they did it with David Price at the very end of the season. But But, I mean, Brian Johnson doing what he did last night. So let's just take take what he did last night as an example. So he comes in and he pitches three innings after David Price comes and pitches five pretty solid innings. I mean, that completely saves your pen and keeps people uh, relatively, you know, healthy and fresh. Uh, for when you actually need some of those guys in high leverage positions. So the more guys you can have in that Alfredo Aceves type role, oh yeah, uh, actually uh, I, I think it does pay a lot more dividends than um, we might have thought before. Praise him. Hey, hey question. Do we know uh, when Bobby Pointer is coming back? Uh, He's eligible to come off soon. Did you listen to uh, last week's podcast, Brian? I called him... Um, I don't think uh, Pointer's coming up, or I shouldn't say I don't think he is, but I wouldn't call him up when he's ready. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. Uh, Pointer ready for a rehab outing. They're just trying to figure out where, per Jen McCaffrey on so Twitter. Now would, now, would he take up a new spot, or is his spot already – does he already have a spot? What do you mean? You Would he, would someone have to come down if he uh, – Yeah, if he So that's what I was saying. Because you're saying Walden, I feel like Walden would would go down if he came up. Well, I think Walden's gone on Friday when Pomerantz comes back. Oh, it's Pomerantz coming on Friday. Yeah. I got you. All right. Well, next question comes from Claire Daniel, and she says, why are we winning? Is it Cora, or is it Cora, or could it be Cora? Guys, is it Cora? No, nah, it's the players. I love Cora, but it's the players are doing very good things and they deserve the most of the credit yeah they they have the one that the red sox have amazing baseball players and they're getting the most out of them uh which is a testament to putting together team and managing them but they are doing like if you're gonna uh i mean it's hard to point at any one player because all the pitchers have been great <laughs> you, you say Hanley and Mookie, right? Like those are, the, and Xander, but he's hurt. But it'd be Hanley, Matt, uh, Xander, and Mookie. And it's not like the other guys have been bad, but those pitching's guys. been ridiculous too. It's yeah, pitching's been crazy, bananas. Yeah. 
Next question comes from Seti, and he says, when did Jalen Brown and Tito Three Sticks get to throw out the first pitch? Scary Terry. Every day. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. Uh, Tito Three Sticks has been one of my favorite things about this Celtics season, so I'm all up for him and Jalen throwing out the first pitch whenever the hell they want. Jalen Brown, I don't know if you know this, is Matt's favorite uh, basketball player 25 years or under. I remember this tweet for whatever reason. <laughs> Jalen Brown is the fucking man. Oh my he is god. He's the uh, he's the bee's knees for sure. He, is, he really is. <laughs> he has he a was, great haircut was, too. He was in college and someone met him and was like, "That dude shouldn't play in the NBA. He should be president." He <laughs> wants um, to be the head of the players' association or like a senator. He got people were afraid to draft him because he was too smart. He's the best. And he has the same birthday as Raphael Devers. Why would you be afraid day. to draft somebody because they were too smart? You mean down to the year? Yeah. Like they were born no, on October the 24th, 1996 for both of them. Wow. What a great day. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Yeah. How, <laughs> were you like 40 years old at that point, Brian? Um, I was a freshman in college. Oh, wow. Nice. I had, just, I had been in college for a month. Ripping it up. All right, next question here comes from Justin Bobo, and he says, how tall uh, will Hanley's statue be, and what will it be made of? Uh, I will take this one first, since I'm the resident metallurgy expert here. Um, I'm going to say Hanley's statue is not going to be made, but let's just say that it is. It's going to be exactly Hanley's height, so what's Hanley, like six foot two? And it's, he's going to be made of... Is he 6'2"? Well, first of all, who made you the metallurgy expert? Second of all, if you are the metallurgy expert, why can I hear you Googling right now? That's not me right. Googling. That was me. Oh. I was looking to see if Hanley was really 6'2". He is 6'2". Were you type metallurgy experts in the greater Boston area? Um, yeah, you know, I'm the foremost. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be made of iron, just like his swing. I'm not a whatever you guys are saying expert. <laughs> metal metal metallurgy it's a metallurgy uh sure i mean no hanley is gonna slow down a bit i think everyone you bite your Matt, tongue. that i was god damn it i was gonna get you bite your tongue <laughs> for telling me to bite my tongue but i didn't get it out in time he's gonna slow down it's just it's gonna happen but he's going to be on a team on this this specific team, he's ideal because, uh, well, Mookie and JD can do what he does uh, and are expected to do it probably more efficiently. Because of that, what he does is simultaneously uh, more just found value and more importantly, just so fun. Fun as hell. He's the best. Is it fair to say that Hanley is like the guy in the clubhouse? Him and it, sure seems, it sure seems like I it. think he's definitely the biggest personality. Yeah, I think he's – I think everybody loves Han- – Hanley and Nunez seem to be the guys that everybody kind of gravitates towards. I'm getting a huge 2018 vibe from this team. Now – the only well, it is 2018, so that's a good thing, Brian. 13. I forgot to fill in the. I filled in the snowman on the three. 
Um, it's like 2013 vibe, but with a manager who's not frustrating to listen to. No, but it's the the difference is that this team was ex, this team was supposed to be, if not, I mean, not this good. No team is supposed to be this good, but the 2013 yes. team was was good, and then came in and was is great. But I do, uh, there are similarities. Let's just put it that way. I don't know. The thing about the 2013 team was that, like, there were so many new players. I mean, I definitely get, like, fun vibes from this team, but it's more they've been together for so long. But I kind of get what you're saying. I enjoy this team more than I have enjoyed any Red Sox team since the early 2000s. I have to say. Like, Whoa. At, at, oh, no, I know. Up. It's it's just, it's what, 16 games into this season? Yeah, let's but, chill on that. No, first. They've lost just, two no, games. Just, of course you enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Like, Hear me out here. Let's talk in August. Okay. But I'm just saying, guys, I really like this group of players. I really like the pitchers. I don't know. I just like everything about this team. And you know what? I didn't have a lot of fun watching Farrell sometimes, man. Like, those That's every fine. time I, I would listen to him and I would watch him make stupid decisions. And that, he just sucked some of the joy out of those division titles. He really did. That- that's someone, fine, but 2013 is unimpeachable. Yeah, like, no, if someone said that you have a take every podcast that just, like, makes me lose my mind, this is that take. <laughs> Matt, explain. Uh, I I don't understand how you could... 2013 was amazing. How Like, any team with Koji on it was amazing. Koji was incredible that year. I agree. Yeah. Should we have the Koji-Kimbrel debate right now? I've been thinking about writing about that. I don't know where that debate came from, but I've seen people from different circles bring that up. I take 2013 Koji over any version of Craig Kimbrell ever. I think... I think I'd take... In terms of, like, having fun watching, I would, but, like, in terms of just being, like, a robotic pitcher, I don't know, man. Kimbrell was pretty stupid last year. The dude strikes out half the batters he Last year? Last year? Are like, we just talking Red Sox? Or are we talking first whole? No, three? how about this year? <laughs> well, this year is not. I don't really count it. It hasn't been long enough. Matt, Plus, right. your life was on right. the line. Who would you rather have pitch a ninth inning, Koji or Kimbrel? Not, not, not like at where they are right now, but 2013 Koji versus pick your year for Kimbrel. No, 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 no. This Kimbrel. This Kimbrel. Fine. This Kimbrel. Why this Kimbrel? Because that's the argument I'm making. Is that so? What what happens? Like what? You can he not allow a base runner, or can he not allow a run? <laughs> oh, um, I thought you meant to you. Um, I assumed he said it was for my life, so I would die. <laughs> yeah. So it's for your straight. it's for your life, and uh, it's it's a high leverage situation. Men on second and third, and uh, number three or four hitter up at bat. This year, Kimbrel versus 2013, Koji? Yep. Uh, Koji. But 2012, Kimbrel, I would take. Over Koji? Yeah. Koji had a half a whip. Yeah. Uh, Kimbrel had, like, 17 strikeouts for nine innings in a .6 whip. I don't know. I don't want to argue it's Koji, but Kimbrel was really good, too. I don't know. Strikeouts are cool. Yeah, I, I – like, I – I only bring it up because, Jake, you were not the only one to be like, well, what about Koji? My 
my point is never to impugn Koji, but uh, I would like to enjoy what Craig Kimball is doing this year without having to look back at Koji. Now, I did say that I thought that Kimball was the most overpowering closer right now that I've ever seen, and I stand by that because that's not how Koji or, more importantly, Mariano Rivera pitched. Kimball's um, going to the Hall of Fame, huh? Oh, sure. I Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's, 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 it's a style thing, I think, at, at this level of, uh, achievement. I, I do, I fully admit that I enjoy watching pitchers like Koji more than I enjoy watching overpowering pitchers like Kimbrel. I enjoy that way more. But I'm not talking about over, overpowering pitchers like Kimbrel. I am talking about... Craig Kimball right now because I am drawing what I'm trying to do poorly is draw a distinction between everyone who tries to do what Craig Kimball is doing right now and what he's doing because what he's doing right now is truly just mind blowing to watch and there have been Dozens, if not hundreds, of closers who thought they could just go out there and do this, but he actually does it. So, Koji was magic. Mariano was Koji, but for 20 years, and uh, Kimbrough right now is just the only guy I've seen achieve that level of success. I mean, and he's done it before, but uh, with this Arsenal. And also, you know, 2012 was great, but in the American League, that's when it really counts, right? That's that's when it counts. I'm looking at his career right now, and I don't think I appreciate how fucking amazing Craig Kemper was. Holy shit. Yeah. That's <laughs> guy is insane. It's 2012 easy. year is insane. It's one really is... easy to say, oh, you're a closer, so your stats are this, that, and the other, and how great, but, like, he's that good. Yeah, he's, uh... People always talk about how volatile relievers are, but he's a nice little reminder that the elites are good for a long time. Guys, here's my question to you, though. What about Koji, though? What about Koji, though? (laughs) (laughs) All right, more questions. Enough with this. More questions. All right. Sox Therapy says, what are your thoughts on this whole rest stars so folks on the bench can get going to philosophy so far? At some point, you got to play your best players. That's why some people are bench players after all, right? Um, Brian, take this one. I think I covered it already. I think that the – and this goes back – I've thought about this quote uh, from Bill Belichick since I heard it forever that you want to have – you you have to do it in baseball, but uh, as far as football goes, you want to have fewer people doing more things because if you keep them involved – they're better players and i think that that is the explanation for it you know it's it's not it hasn't even 420 yet homies um (laughs) it's very early and the way to keep the the bench players like i think mitch moreland is like the example yeah like don't get no love um i well and i actually do think that's an indication that they are not hugely in on swihart that they are not finding time for him when they're finding time for people that they want to play. Uh, 
They're just wrong, Brian. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Um, I, yeah. but no, I, I, I think that they realized, you know, to get them the max value out of everyone as a group, everyone needs to do a little bit. So they're swapping people in. I mean, hey, like Ben and Denny get the nights off tonight. Everyone teed off last night. He didn't. So, you know, he didn't earn it. So whatever. It's not a huge deal. Matt? Yeah, it seems like yeah, it seems like people are just looking for something to get upset about. At some point you got to play the best players, but that point is the playoffs. Until then, it's a 162 game season, and you just gotta just gotta let it happen. Anthony Rizzo doesn't like that one bit. Anthony no. Rizzo is right, but it's a different discussion. Yeah, they're they're well well compensated for this 162 game, so um, I don't feel too bad. Um, Mike Nothingjill says, uh, assuming that it's it was Nothnagel. Nothnagel. I believe so. Mike Nothnagel. Uh, yeah, he. Well, hold on. He, hello, Mike. He, uh, I met him at the crossword tournament. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was one of the judges. That. He was one of the judges, which I had wow. no idea. He must be yeah. sick at crosswords. I mean, I'm pretty good too, but he's probably. <laughs> no, there. you're like 400th. I'm 300, 309th. Yeah. Yeah, I'm super impressed, dude. Anyway, Mike says that assuming it was That's for the rest of my life <laughs> assuming it was for the rest of the season would you rather the Sox batting order be determined by position number i.e. dh catcher first base or alphabetical order matt i'm coming I did to this. You with this one i did this um it's not even close it's alphabetical order um i'm stalling to bring it up right now because i exited well i mean you know bets is going to be uh is he yeah gonna be- Bet's Bogarts, so here's right? Benintendi. No. Bet's Benintendi. 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 Do you guys know the alphabet? Benintendi, Bet's Bogarts, Bradley, <laughs> Devers, Martinez. I don't know if you want to do Pedroia or Nunez, but either way, it's the same spot. And then Ramirez and Vasquez. Okay. It's not oh, perfect, yeah. but this is the by position. So how do we deal with DH? Is that one? Because pitchers aren't hitting? I guess so, yeah. I put it in one. So it's Martinez, Vasquez, Ramirez, Pedroia, Devers, Bogarts, Benintendi, Bradley, Betts. It's, yeah, the outfield number being high is really does not is not yeah. fine. Doesn't work. At least. Yeah, alphabetical works. I like. It. I'm a little upset that you guys had so much trouble with the alphabet. By the way, oh, I did not. I did. Benintendi was first. Well, that's what you get when you're just 309th or whatever in your crossword tournament. I think it was you, Jake. But... It was in the top half, Jake. <laughs> And, guys, I am also exhausted, so forgive me my alphabet. Uh, Antonio J. Molina asks us three small concerns. He says, base running, what about Sam Travis's bat getting hot in the paw socks, and Stephen Wright, Tyler Thornburg, Brandon Workman, do they fit on the 25-man roster? Uh, any of these actual concerns for you guys? Uh, base running is still a little bit of a concern, I think. they haven't. It hasn't really come up lately, but... Came up on BP Boston today. Uh, they were uh, Cam Ellis was. Uh, we're gonna have to redact this. There are competitors, Brian. Come no, on. I know this is. I, no, I want to light a fire on our. They're like uh, 
they were shitting on JBJ's base running, and I loved it because I just the negative. I want the negativity when it's fourteen and two. When they're fourteen, if they were two and fourteen, I'd want the positivity. So bad. Just turn on Felger Mads. I'm sure they got plenty of it over there. I will not ever do that. <laughs> I, not just because I don't live where I can do that. They'll be talking about the Patriots. Somehow everything always comes back to the Patriots. On Is Tom Patriots. Brady gonna play? Ugh, it's sickening. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Sam Travis thing really matters uh, all that much. And if they don't get anything out of Thornburg or Workman this year, I don't know if that's really going to be that impactful for the team. I think Thornburg can take their bullpen to another level. I'm not expecting it. I, I mean, I think anything he gives is a bonus. But if on the off chance he is that guy who was a couple years ago, that they don't really have anybody that I'm super confident in behind Craig Kimbrell. I'm kind of confident in the group, but there's not really one guy. Thornberry could be that guy. So I just I'm, don't I'm see it. For him. I don't see it either, but I'm just saying he's right in Workman. I don't really – they're whatever, but Thornberry could be a guy. And we know you love Sam Travis. <sighs> I uh, I feel bad. I'm like the guy who hates this minor league guy who's been, pay- been paid like $2 an hour. I don't know. <laughs> Sam Travis, I'm sure, is a really good guy. I don't really like him as a player. All right. Next question comes from Matthew Kitson. He says, any chance Lynn stays up when Xander returns? We already talked about that, right? Yeah, I think we covered that. Anything else to add on that one? I have a no. shirt that says, uh, Zoo Lynn is my soulmate. You nice. do? I do. Where did I you bought, get that? I googled Zuway Lynchert one time when I was drunk last year, and that came up, so I bought it. Is it that spelled felt... like Seoul, the the city? No. Oh. It's be... spelled like Seoul, like. I uh, don't think Zuway. I don't think Zuway Lin is South Korean. My I friend. think he's from Chinese, Ta- right? Taiwan. Taiwan. Yeah. Taiwan. Yeah. Um, all right. So Eamon Allen Dussault. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Eamon <laughs> Allen yes. Dussault says, what brand of devil magic does Cora practice to know that Brock Holt would do something other than flounder at the plate last night? Does this same magic validate Leon over Swaghart, or is that a question of defense? Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think Cora deserves some credit for Holt uh, doing well yesterday. Everybody was kind of mad about that, and Cora said that his swing fit better, and he was right. Yeah, he gets I don't know. Hits. Cora's a pretty smart dude. He has a reputation for, like, always being the first guy to notice when a pitcher is uh, tipping his pitches. He, and it's weird because he wasn't that great of a hitter, but he clearly knows something. He can, I don't know if he just watches a lot of tape or what, but the dude is, uh, he's very smart, and I think that's that's uh, going to help them a lot this year, especially in the playoffs when uh, you have so much tape on the opposing pitchers so i think that's that might be the thing i'm most excited about with cora that that is the um that's sort of a defining feature i think of a lot of managers uh that they were up the middle players who maybe were like they were middling up the middle players which meant they're smart they're in on every play they notice a lot they just can't execute it themselves in a lot of the cases um so that is good. But Jake, more importantly, I'm sure it's Amon 
Amon. Amon Alan Dussel. I don't know where Amon came from. I, I, uh, that is, that is my important. I mean, I, Cora is. It's hard to, it's hard to. Fairly judge Cora right now because everything is, like puppies and rainbows, but he certainly is deserves credit for some of uh, said puppies and rainbows. All right, we're going to do two more of these questions before we wrap up because we're starting to go a little long and you guys sent a lot of questions today. Uh, next question comes from Mark Kingman. He says, is Swihart better here or dealt for a bullpen piece? We touched on this a little bit, guys, but ultimately if Swihart's not going to get playing time, if you can get a bullpen piece that can help you this year for him, are you guys making that deal? What? I yes. how you find help, though. I don't know. Yes. So My, basically, someone like a Lugo or a Gesselman uh, that comes in here and can actually, you know, throw. Well, those some... are two very. Gesselman ain't Gesselman ain't going anywhere. My yeah, friend. those are very very different players. Well, um, let's go with a Lugo type, someone a little bit more attainable. I'm very nervous about trading Swihart not because I'm like, obviously I'm not as high on him as you are. But the Red Sox had such good luck with their catcher health last year, and I just have a bad feeling if they trade Swihart, somebody's getting hurt immediately after that. I want nothing to do with trading this guy. I think it's going to come back and bite them immediately if they do. But I dis I but I mean, from the way they've used him, don't yeah, you not think? Don't you think if they had a catcher injury that he would, they would go out? I I am of the mind that they would go out and get another catcher because they just don't believe in him. Well, if they, they probably believe, just play Leon, right, and then play him like once a week. Maybe until I feel like they would do that only as a stopgap until they got someone else to play catcher. I do not think that they believe in it at all. Yeah, I don't know. It seems that way, but I wouldn't trade him right now. I don't think he has enough value. Jake, you just sounded so sad when you just said, I don't <laughs> would know. Would you I'm... ever trade him? Like, <laughs> no, I would never trade him. Swihart hard for Mike Trout. No, I'm not doing it. Um, last question of the night comes from Andrew Shallot, or I think, you know what? I'm just going to pronounce this like the vegetable. Andrew Shallot. Uh, at what point does this constant winning get dull and monotonous? Oh, and are there any teams the Sox should be afraid of? Hmm. Uh, this winning is never going to get dull and monotonous to me, and I think the team that the Red Sox, well, I don't think they should fear any team, but the one team that should give them pause is the outrageously good World Series champ, Astros. I think there's a lot of teams they should be afraid of. Yeah, I think the Yankees are still pretty good. The you Yankees, shouldn't be afraid of Angels, anybody. The Indians, well, I mean, I'm not saying they should, like, go, like, forfeit the games because they're terrified of playing but it's a lot of good teams there are a lot of good teams there are a lot of good teams and there are a lot of bad teams and it's just uh i mean they're as good as anyone they're they're playing the second best team in the al right now and they beat the crap out of them so hopefully they do it again yeah i'm on all right that about does it for this night's podcast if you enjoyed the podcast please go on and rate and review us uh, we currently have 14 reviews on iTunes and 4.5 stars. 
we need to get that up guys so go on and give us more five star reviews we would appreciate that um, and if you enjoyed the show you can follow all three of us on Twitter you can follow myself at, at @devjake. you can follow Brian Joyner at, at Brian Joyner Brian with a Y Joyner with an I and you can follow Matt Collins at Matt R.Y. Collins. And please remember to also follow Over the Monster on Twitter at, at Over the Monster. Um, we'll be with you this week uh, or next week at this same time. Uh, so we'll see you then.